Welcome to Alindal's Choice, a place where we explore the art of living your best life and the challenges we face along the way. A journey is seen through the experiences of a husband, dad, coach, engineer, entrepreneur, and athlete. I'm your host, Tim Alindal. Welcome to a new week. It has been quite the week, I must say. Last weekend, I refereed a soccer tournament. It really wasn't a tournament, it was a showcase. The teams weren't playing for a championship. They were just playing against each other. A number of collegiate coaches were in attendance. It was mostly for kind of the elite women's teams in the 15 to 18 range. Overall, the tournament was pretty good. I didn't really have too many challenges as a ref. The uh, quality of players kept the games fairly clean, not overly physical. I had one physical game, but both sides were equally physical and no one really complained about any of the calls. That was a good thing. I, I did learn a couple things over the weekend as a ref. One, I had a game where the ARs made some calls. The fans kind of didn't really care for them. Like, did the ball go? Who t who's last touch? Offsides. And they began to get a little mouthy. It's more annoying than anything else. I, I don't really care that the parents yell, but they weren't really yelling at me. More the ARs. Then threatened them with the, come on, parents, if you don't quiet down a little bit, you're going to be watching the game from your car. These were parents that have been around for a little bit. <laughs> they knew that probably they were overstepping the line, that the threat might actually be real. I really wasn't going to kick any parents out for what they were doing. It wasn't that bad. It was just more of, let's see if we can quiet them up by threatening them. And, and it did work. Again, I think it's because they'd been around for a little while. <laughs> they knew better than to kind of push their luck. <laughs> the second thing I learned over the, the weekend was if I wish for a career as a professional referee, I'm about 20 years too late in that pursuit. Apparently... Refereeing used to be managed at the state level in the last, I guess, 10 years. It's been centralized by USA Soccer, and they're looking to bring in regional and, and refs at the highest level that they can work with for 15, 20 years. At my age, if I were to pass these tests and move up the way, I wouldn't give them what they wanted. They would pretty much discourage me and keep me from going down that rev. My ceiling as a referee then is going to be club games, probably high school. But that's okay. I've never really wanted to be a professional ref. But it was interesting to learn that if you are if you wish to go down that road, you have to be in your 20s, early 30s delays to make that decision. Anytime later than that, it's too late. They're going to... Because it's such a long, drawn-out process, they can make it difficult for you or push you down a path that you don't want or give you games that are unappealing. There's a lot of ways that they can keep you from moving up the ladder. And it was really kind of an interesting, not probably surprising bit of learning. The same could be true for coaching. Coaching is a similar thing. If you're not young upcomer, they're probably not interested in you at the professional level. And at some point in your life, certain doors, certain opportunities close because the, the time for them has passed. And that's okay. That's, that's part of life. 
The other thing that happened this weekend was I had a bit of a gap. The, the tournament was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday tournament. I had three games Friday night. They didn't schedule me Saturday until the afternoon about 1 o'clock. And I had one to like 6 o'clock games, four games on Saturday, and then two on Sunday morning at 8 a.m., starting at 8 a.m. I had a little bit of a gap Saturday morning I get to sleep in, whatever. Unfortunately, I coach master swimming. We had to swim at 6 o'clock in the morning. I went to that. I was way too tired to actually swim myself. I real I also realized over the weekend that when you start doing like full-sided older games, the games are 40-minute halves, which is considerably longer than the 30-minute halves I normally wreck for the, the younger kids. The field is also a lot bigger. In 9v9 soccer, which is mostly kind of what I ref because that's what we have in, in Frankfurt team-wise. We don't have a lot of older teams as we're still developing our club. The bigger field means more running. The more time means more running. In a normal 9v9 game as a center, I would go about 2.5 miles of mix of run and walk. It would be closer to 1.5 to 2 as an assistant referee on the sideline. When you get these big fields and longer games, the center was 3.5 to 4 miles. The AR was 2.5. You start doing the math on that, and that's quite a bit of movement. And I, I was pretty beat up and tired from this. It's, it's also February. I'm, I know I'm a triathlete. I'm in pretty good shape, but I am in not good shape this time of year. This is my off-season. I usually scale way back, and I paid the price for that in this tournament. Anyway, back to my original point, I had this gap of about three or four hours. I was in Louisville for this tournament. I live about 45 minutes away from there in Frankfort, Kentucky. I was going to be in town that morning. I thought I'd go down to the data center. I have these servers that they're coming to end of life with their operating system. I need to get them upgraded. I'm like, we'll give it a go. I've, I've been playing with upgrading. I found a path. I was testing it. It had worked on a normal smaller server. We'll go down. We'll, we'll try to knock this out in the morning, and then I'll go officiate these games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Of course it failed. It took me a while to kind of go through the process of getting the update. You've got to fix conflicts and things of that nature to make the upgrade work, and, and that took a little time. But then when I went through the upgrade process... It didn't work. It failed. It wouldn't. The machine would not boot with the new operating system. The good news is I was able to reboot to the old server. It didn't completely wipe out my uh, boot partitions, which would have been a disaster. As part of the process, though, for getting it ready for the upgrade, I had to uninstall the virtual the virtual system on the machine. When I went back to my old kernel, I tried to upload the relaunch, relaunch all the virtuals because this was a, a server that was running multiple virtuals. And the virtuals were not in the list. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, and then I ran out of time. So my virtuals on my machine, fortunately it wasn't my client's machine. They, uh, they were down all day as I went to go officiate. Fortunately, I was able to get it back up that night. But the axiom always hold true. Why can these things never be easy? 
I get that there was going to be some issues, but like to have complete failure is really disappointing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. We'll have to come up with some new strategies. We'll have to try again in another week. But it was like, this was convenient. I was in town. I could go to the data center. I had four hours. That should have been plenty of time to make this work. Yeah, no, it didn't. Life throwing its little challenges at us one at a time. <laughs> I can't believe that. Anyway, moving forward, we have been setting ourselves goals. I've been able to keep my desk clean. I've been able to keep my bedroom clean. Check, check. This has been probably the easiest thing of these tasks that I've been trying to do, and it, it's working well. The other thing I've been trying to do is journal on a daily basis. And once again, the, the weekend got me. This time it wasn't Saturday. It was Friday night. When I got done refing, by the time I got home, it was like 11, 30, 12 o'clock. I had a few things I had to wrap up and pack for the next day because I was going to spend the night in Louisville. It was 12.30 or so at night. I had to get up that next morning at 5 to go <laughs> swimming. I just ran out of time to, to do it that night, which is not a great excuse, but it, it happens. I was unable once again to do my daily journal, my planning for the next day. That was disappointing. The other thing that I'm really working on right now is to reduce my weight. I came in at 164.2, which is slightly higher than where I was last week, but it's roughly in the same spot which is a little disappointing because I had huge calorie deficit from refereeing. At the same time, when you go and do a workload that's like that, I mean, the workload for that tournament was similar to doing a half triathlon. I mean, it was a lot of damage to the muscles. When you go through that type of trauma, the body has to rebuild, so it is going to store resources for that process, which can bloat your weight. Then, of course, we had the Super Bowl, and you go to a Super Bowl party, and there's snacks everywhere. I'm coming off of a weekend of officiating. I can barely walk. I'm going to nibble on snacks, and I nibbled on way too many snacks. That's okay. It, it happens, I, but I need to be better and more disciplined because I knew what was coming, but I was not able to completely with, refrain from the snack making. That's okay. That's okay. But that kind of gets to the point of the, this week's topic. And why is it so hard to change some of our core behaviors? One of the challenges of stoicism is living with arete, i.e., can I have strong character at all times? For me to be able to live like that, it's important that I have mindfulness that I am aware of what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis at all times. Similar to walking in an area where you always have to look out where you're stepping. You know, I'm all, when, whenever I think in terms of that, I think about Sanibel Island, a place where my family has the vacationed multiple times, where they have a beach that is really shelly. You know, most beaches you go to, you just walk on the beach, sand between the toes, watch the surf, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Sanibel's not that way. Shells are flipping everywhere. If you go barefoot on the beach, every step you got to watch. Because if not, you're going to step on something and it's an owie 
or even worse, you might cut your foot open. That's the level of attention that we need to give every day if we're going to meet this challenge of living with strong character, living with purpose, living with focus every day. Every day I, I try to get up and maintain my focus on the task for the day. I try to use reason in everything I, I do. Really try to be focused in on making an effort to ensure that I'm staying on the right path throughout the day. When I started this show, I even doubled that effort. It was like, okay, if we're going to do this and we're going to talk about improvement, then I need to really just double down. I got to really try to improve every day. And the reality is, is I haven't done it. I haven't even been close to making it through one day. I struggle. <laughs> I mean, I am really struggling with this process of just being aware, being in the moment, focusing on what I'm trying to accomplish, when I have to decide between actions, making sure that it's a reasonable choice, making sure that I'm using the cardinal virtues to make good decisions. And every day as I focus back on my failures, I observe a couple things. First, I'm struck by how much of our life is on autopilot. How much of what we do on a day-to-day basis are habits that we don't even think about. I can't tell you how many times I find myself going down a path I shouldn't be going down. And I look back and realize I did it without any rational thought. I'm working on something. I need a short middle break, five minutes. I go to the interwebs for a distraction. It's 30 minutes or longer. An hour down the road is gone. I didn't want to do that. If I'm thinking about it logically, I have no desire to want to do that, but but it's a habit. Or later in the day, I'm tired, but I still need to get something done. It's very easy for me to just justify, I'll just do it later. I got time tomorrow to work on it. This is just a thought, a rationale, that really isn't based on logic and reason, but it's a habit I've formed. You know, or maybe I'm like, hey, I'm going to play this game for 15 minutes. It's just kind of a, a distraction. Yeah, no. <laughs> Three hours later, <laughs> that's gone. If you haven't tried to stay mindful all day long, give it a go. And then go back and review what you did during the day. I think you'd be surprised by how much you do throughout the day without thought. So I'm kind of struck by like what creates this autopilot mechanism? Where do these habits come from? They come from our belief system, what we believe. They come from our experiences in life. They're formed from our environment, where we live, our family and friends, our peers. All of these things throughout life that push us into habits that we aren't always rationally saying, hey, this is a good habit for myself. We just kind of accept them and and move on. And that's a problem. The other thing I noticed is that emotions can play a big part in my ability to control myself on a daily basis. Like when chaos happens, something unexpected comes up. I'm forced to do things I don't want to do. I'm frustrated by getting knocked off what I'm trying to get done from the day. And sometimes in those situations, I will escape to the familiar to avoid dealing with the issues, i.e. procrastination. 
now I'm searching the web for news or something like that, and it's two or three hours later, and I've wrecked my entire day. You know, maybe I'm reading a news story, and my opinion of the issue just gets my blood boiling. It frustrates me. And I'll spend an hour stewing over it and how I would respond to that situation, which is silly. When you think about it, the reasoning is like, I'm not going to have that conversation. Why am I preparing myself for something that I, I'm not going to have? Or maybe I'm driving down the road. Someone cuts me off. Bam! I'm frustrated. Frustrated. Yeah, that's, that's the word I'm going to use there. Frustrated. <laughs> you know, what creates these emotions? You know, really, it's just us caring or responding to things that are outside of our control. It's how we respond to the things that we can no longer control. And that sets us down a path that is destructive for trying to control, at least for me, in controlling my daily life. I come back to the question, why is it so hard to change? I'm motivated to change. I want to make these changes. I'm not trying to force myself to do something I don't really want to do. If I don't want to work out, trying to force myself to go to the gym all the time would probably be a futile effort. But this isn't that. This is I'm, I, I want to get better at managing my day, yet I'm struggling to make changes that I want. I see why I'm failing, but what I'm finding it difficult is how do I correct this? I started looking around, researching some various topics, and came across two powerful forces that are really working against us, me, in particular, and probably us as a human, as human beings. And one is neural pathways. I think it's easier to understand this from a skill standpoint. But when we learn a new skill, we're asking the brain to fire muscles in a particular way to complete the skill, the task we're trying to learn. Let's say I'm trying to learn to swim or I'm learning to a new instrument. I want to learn the guitar or the piano, whatever it might be. The brain fires our neurons that go from the brain all the way down to our muscles to do as we ask. At first, those movements may prove to be awkward as we struggle to master them. But over time, with practice, it gets easier. The question is, is why does that happen? And there's actually a substance called myelin in our body that makes this happen. Myelin insulates the neurons on a particular pathway to improve efficiency. If I need my arm to go in a certain way to pull on a stroke, swim stroke, or if I'm trying to play certain chords on the piano, I'm asking my fingers to do certain movements. Over time, myelin is produced to greatly improve the efficiency of these motions. It's like wrapping an electric wire. We, we provide insulation, and that wrapping will make the signal stronger. It will make the signals quicker. Things that we need to be able to perform the new task we're learning. What's interesting about myelin is when you're young, myelin is created rapidly. It, and this makes sense. I mean, we have to learn to walk in a fairly quick amount of time. We learn new skills. We need the myelin production to set up these different pathways for us so that we can do the things we need to live as human beings. But as we age, 
the production begins to slow down. This is why it's harder to learn an instrument or, like in my case, swimming as an adult. You know, I've been swimming for 14 years and have become a, a good triathlete swimmer. I'm not a great swimmer by any means. No, I, I go to swim meet and get my butt completely handed to me by like actually good swimmers. But my friends, they have a 12-year-old daughter who's really into swimming right now. She's been swimming for less than I have. I'm taller, stronger than her. Yet she can just absolutely whip my butt in the pool. Her times are considerably faster than me. Why? Because it's harder to develop these muscle movements as you age. It's harder for me to create these pathways to make my swimming more efficient. Where she's younger, it's much easier for her to do it. And the sad part of this is as you age, the myelin you do have begins to break down. That's why when you see people with advanced age who have trouble walking or doing routine tasks, this is the reason for it. Their pathways start to break down and, for lack of better term, signal is leaked, the signal isn't as strong, and the body doesn't respond as well. Something simpler that happens to this when we're thinking in our brains. We develop thinking habits, thinking patterns, that are deeply ingrained. These, I like to think of these as well-worn tracks, you know, especially at my age, I'm in my 50s. <laughs> a lot of the things that I think about in these habits and stuff are deeply ingrained because I've been doing them for a long time. As such, it becomes extremely difficult to create new thinking patterns, much like it is to learn a skill. It's easy to fall back into the familiar routines. I, I like to image a marble, I have a marble I'm running along a ridge. The ridge is this new thinking pattern. And I'm trying to use this marble to, to wear in this new path. But because it's a thin ridge, it's easy to fall off the edge. If we're not aware of what we're doing, it's easy for the marble to fall into the routines that we're normal to do. You know, Emotional stuff is just the same way. It can disturb the marble and throw it off its path throwing you off your game, putting you back into your traditional work habits. That's a problem <laughs> if you're trying to learn new things. It's very easy to, very hard to ingrain these new paths, especially if, if you quickly get knocked back into your old routines. The second area is fatigue. We know muscles fatigue with use. Heck, it's an important concept in training uh, uh, for a sport or training for weightlift. We want to tear down the muscles so that they come back stronger. The problem is the brain isn't a muscle, so it isn't going to fatigue like a muscle. Or so you would think. But apparently when our brain functions, when we're heavily using it, it releases a toxin as a byproduct that interferes with brain activity. This is kind of similar to how muscles work when you're going really hard in training Lactate is created to help fuel the muscles. One of the byproducts of lactate is hydrogen ions. And it's these hydrogen ions that interfere with muscle behavior, which is why you begin to struggle to function when you go up beyond a certain level of activity. The same thing is kind of happening with your brain. The more thinking you do, the more toxins that kind of get released as a byproduct what these toxins do is they begin to interrupt brain signals, which your brain then attempts to lower brain activity to 
limit the amount of toxins created, which again is going to help is going to push you into these familiar pathways on thinking, doing things that don't cause your brain to have to process as much information. And we know that rest is really the only thing that's going to clear out these toxins, which is a big reason why we're usually sharpest early in the morning, because our brain is not inhibited by elements that make it challenging to think. So we have these huge, powerful headwinds we're fighting against when we want deep change. I mean, to me, there's no wonder that people get easily caught in self-destructive loops. Heck, I see why I fall back into patterns that are not what I want them to be. You know, so what's the solution? You know, the reality of it is I don't have perfect solutions for these problems. How you will overcome these resistances to change is personal. But here's what I'm going to try. Maybe it'll give you ideas in your own quest. The first thing I want to try to do is avoid cruise control. I, I, I want to try to get away from these just habitual things I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And one of the big ways I want to try to do that is eliminate multitasking. I want to try to keep my focus on one thing at a time throughout the day. And there's a couple reasons for that. One, context switching is an expensive operation. It wastes your brain power. And we know that toxins are created when we use our brain power. So we're fatiguing our brain unnecessarily. And secondly, I think it's easy for one of these tasks in a multitask environment to be a distraction. I know I've done this multiple times where, you know, let me just check out some social media while this batch file runs. It's going to take four or five minutes to run. It's, it, I'll let it run in the background. I'm going to go do, I'm going to go check my social media. An hour later, I come back. My batch has been done for 50 minutes, but I've allowed myself that distraction because it's a habit. The second thing I'm going to continue to work on, and this is something I've been working on for a while, is managing emotions. We're not trying to suppress emotions. That's I know the traditional definition of stoic. That's not really what the stoics intended when it comes to emotion. What we don't want is for emotions to overwhelm our ability to use reason. What I'm trying to do is look out for emotions. And a lot of times you can kind of see when they're coming. And when they pop, the, when they rear their head, sometimes ugly, we have to remind ourselves what is in our control and what isn't. And when we do that, it becomes easier to come back from the emotional side of it. Someone cuts me off when I'm driving. Arr, I'm mad. I'm frustrated. Okay, let's come back. What, what, what in this situation can I control? What can I control? I can't control what the other driver's going to do. What I can control is my reaction. So I can calm down, chill out, try to do what I can to keep my programming back online and continue staying focused on the thing I'm trying to accomplish, which is driving from point A to point B. The third thing I'm going to be trying to do in the coming weeks is manage mental fatigue. Well, I've already talked about avoiding context switching by avoiding multitasking. I also want to change what breaks look like. I would much rather my breaks be something meditative, something that's low thinking, that doesn't consume brain power. 
Like a lot of things you get into things like television or games that are actually continuing to use brain power, which is just even fatiguing you more so that when you come back, you haven't really gained anything and you're in worse shape for it. I'm also looking at maybe prioritizing high-functioning tasks earlier in the morning more and more. I have a tendency to piddle sometimes in the morning. I'm trying to, to, to get past those habits of piddling and get jump into what needs to be done that day while my brain is going to be sharpest. Another thing I'm looking at is how can I avoid over-scheduling high brain functionality? The last thing I want to do is just have a chock-full day of it because most likely somewhere along the way I'm going to fall off the, the bandwagon and it's going to keep me mad at myself for not doing what I set out to do that day. I'm also looking at how can I intersperse low-function items with these high-function items. I work at home, so maybe something like cleaning or taking the trash out, folding my laundry. These don't take a lot of thought. They're mostly physical in nature, but they can give your brain an opportunity to relax and maybe clear some of the toxins. I know you're not going to clear all of them, but you can clear some of them. Walking is another thing I like to do. This is really good if I go into the office because what walking does is it gets me out of the office. It puts me in an environment where I'm not going to be distracted by some colleague who comes in and has a question. At home, I, I have a hot tub. Middle of the day, I like to jump in there for a little bit. It's a perfect place for quiet relaxation. feels good. I can listen to the sounds of the city around me and just not think. Give my brain a chance to kind of relax slow the buildup of toxins so that I can work at a high level later in the day. The other thing I want to do to help with this process is get better sleep. I, I am both a night owl and a morning person nowadays. And that <laughs> seems silly, but that's the way it is. I, I will stay up till 12 or 1 and get up at 5 or 6 in the morning. Or stay up till 1 and get up at 7 or 8. I'm not getting enough sleep Every night. Some nights I do get sleep, but there are plenty of nights in a week where I do not get enough sleep, which means that I probably I may not be clearing out all my brain toxins, which inhibit my ability to get things done in a day. The fourth thing I want to do in this process is begin knowing these things are going on is to try to create new routines, the, th- the types of routines that I want. More importantly, I need to be patient and persistent in my pursuit. This is not a do it for 30 days and you'll it'll be a habit. This is one of the things I always run into. I'm trying something. If it fails in a couple weeks, well, I'm going to tweak it. Let's try something a little bit different. I don't give systems long enough to become habit, to become something I can do on a daily basis. I'm always tweaking things and, and trying to get them better. It's okay to tweak things to make them more efficient, but we shouldn't just throw things out or try new things because something didn't work after a couple weeks. I look at swimming. It took me eight, nine, ten years of consistent three-day-a-week training to become a decent swimmer. Getting control of my day-to-day activity is probably going to take years, and I need to stick with it. You know, Try to get better, 1% better each day. And lastly, I think I need to cut myself some slack for failure. I always get frustrated with my inability to stay focused throughout the day. 
I go back and look at my journals for years, and that frustration is always popping its head every three or four months. I don't want to be okay with failure, but I can't be too hard on myself when I fail. Because failure in this case is going to be likely. What I need to do is like, okay, what can I learn and how can I improve and not just beat myself up for my failures? Now, this is going to be a challenge for me. It's a, going to be a major battle with these forces that are aligned against me. And to be honest, I know you all have these same struggles and I wish you the best luck in these struggles. But know that we are together in these struggles. We're struggling together. You know, that there are others out there struggling to do the same things you do. And maybe together we can overcome and we can become the people that we were meant to be. If you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend about us. Share this show with the people you know. If you haven't already, subscribe to get future content. And as always, have a great day if you want to. It's a choice. It's always a choice.